0: In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Podcast. For the past few months, in order to love our neighbors and to protect the most vulnerable of our community and our body of Christ from the awful virus that's ravaging our nation and our state, we have suspended in person worship for the time being. But this is an even more different worship service because this is being recorded in a variety of different places due to the wildfires uh, that are uh, sweeping through uh, many parts of Oregon right now. We have seen the effects of them. Our skies at various times this week have been orange or dark gray or even night-like, at times that the sun should be up. And all of this has caused us to have concern and care for those who are fighting the fire, those who have lost everything because of the fire, and those who have breathing difficulties and other vulnerabilities that make it difficult for them uh, to even take in a breath of air. And so because of this, Uh, we have uh, done our best to, to bring worship to wherever you are because we know it's not about us and that it's about our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And when we can meet together again, there will be this outpouring of joy and gratitude and love, but there also may be moments of, of grief and sorrow and heartache. Um, for all of the things that we've been through over the past few months and all of the losses that we've felt. But this morning, in the words of the old hymn, we turn our eyes upon Jesus. And as the book of Hebrews says, the author and finisher of our faith. And as we worship this morning, we lay down our burdens at Jesus' feet. We don't leave them aside. We bring them to Jesus' feet. And we place them at the foot of the cross so that by putting them in the context of our Lord Jesus Christ and putting them in the hands of our Lord Jesus Christ, then we can know how to appropriately deal with them and how to let Jesus lead us through these difficult and dark times. We are praying for you. If you uh, have been affected by the wildfires or not, we are praying for you. We hope you are well. We hope you are breathing as easy as you can. And we pray uh, that the Lord would be watching over all of us uh, in Oregon and on the West Coast uh, as we deal with this unprecedented uh, massive wildfire. Something I did want to draw your attention to is last week in worship, we started talking about the Lord's Prayer as a body of Christ. And we're discussing that through uh, the worship services and sermons and by reading together the book The Lord and His Prayer by N.T. Wright and meeting together to discuss that. Well, we had already postponed uh, our first week of meeting together together because of predicted high temperatures, not knowing that uh, all of the rest of the chaos and, uh, and the wildfire news uh, was going to arrive this week as well. And so we are going to continue to wait until uh, we're able to have those discussion groups outside. And this week we are going to take a break and, and deal with what's going on in our world right now, Um, But next week, we do hope to go back in worship to uh, the Lord's Prayer, and hopefully soon we are able to gather in those small groups uh, and discuss the Lord's Prayer together.
1: Show me, Lord, what you want me to do. Tell me, Lord, what you want me to say. Help me to be who you want me to be. Lord, I trust in you.
2: serving you
1: Point us, Lord, where you want us to go And show us, Lord, what you want us to do Tell us, Lord, what you want us to say Help us to be who you want us to be Lord we trust in
0: Holy God, we come to you in prayer today, grateful for the lives that you've given us. For all of the complication, all of the um, unusual times and experiences we're going through in Oregon right now. We are so grateful that you have called us to love and serve you. That you have reached out your love to us and to humanity through your Son, Jesus Christ, and that you call us all to the deeper reality of your love. We are grateful that through you, we can know what love is and we can show it to others. But God, we do have to confront the reality right now that there are many things that are going wrong in Oregon. That as fires sweep across the land, as as acres burn, it's not just trees and, and animals that are at risk. Many people have lost their homes, they've lost their livelihoods, and, and they've lost their lives. And God, we, we can't imagine the depth of the loss and the grief of those people but, Lord, we know that you are walking with them. We pray especially for Jeff and Janet Savage, the former pastors of First Baptist Church of Springfield, who have lost everything. Lord, we don't understand all the time the why of these things or the how did this happen, but, God, we trust in you that you walk with people and walk beside people in all situations, that you know the grief that we go through, that you know the uncertainty that we go through, and that when we cry out to you, we're not crying out on deaf ears, but we're crying out to somebody who knows what it's like to be human. Lord, we pray for the firefighters the women and men who are working so hard and giving so much of themselves to push back the flames and to get this situation under some sort of control. Lord, give them strength. Give them grace. Give them your presence and help them to know that their work is not in vain. That though it's hard and sometimes from what we've seen on on news and weather reports, sometimes it may feel like they're fighting a losing battle. That we know that they are giving sacrificially of themselves and that they have our gratitude and our love. And Lord, we pray for those who are fleeing, those whose, whose lives are in the danger of the fire. And Lord, if there's anything as your people that we can do to be a part of the solution, a part of, of where these evacuees are running, to provide some sort of help or assistance for them, call us to do so because we know that whenever we serve the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the immigrant, the prisoner, that we are serving you. Help us to see opportunities to serve in our midst, uh, whether it's in our own neighborhood, our own block, or whether it's uh, somewhere in the world. Help us to love and serve you in these uncertain times. Lord, there are so many people within our, our body of Christ, uh, First Baptist Church. Lord, who, who are struggling with the health problems, who are, are struggling with the air that we breathe. And Lord, I pray that you would protect those who, who are struggling right now, that you would heal bodies, that you would strengthen bodies. Um, that you would give relief to anxiety and worry and fear and remind us that you are in control of all things. Lord, as we worship you today, we know that you are a good God and we know that you love us and care about us. As we sing songs and, and hear from your word, stir in our hearts to know how we can love and serve you better. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.
3: Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm chapter 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Don't let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 10 through 14, and I will be reading from the New Living Translation. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. This is the word of the Lord thanks be to God. In J.R.R. Tolkien's literary classic, The Lord of the Rings, the character of Frodo Baggins is entrusted to take the so-called One Ring to a volcano called Mount Doom, uh, where he has to destroy it. And the ring represents evil and the enslavement of all of the peoples of Middle-earth. And they, he goes with a group of people known as the Fellowship of the Ring. And they make a wrong turn and they end up in the mines underneath this mountain called Moria. And they don't know which way to go. And there is a wizard named Gandalf who is trying to see if he can remember which way they're supposed to go. And I know some of this sounds like hot nonsense, but stick with me because there's going to be a point here, I promise. So Frodo and Gandalf are sitting and talking and Frodo says, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened, meaning that he wished he had never been entrusted with the burden of carrying the ring. And and he's expressing this to Gandalf. And Gandalf the wizard says this, So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Now this particular passage in Lord of the Rings is famous and it's uh, it's been a passage that many people have taken great comfort in and found great strength in because there are a lot of times, there are burdens in our lives that we just don't know how to bear or we don't know uh, having borne them for a very long time If we're going to be able to bear them any longer and something that I've heard over and over again in the past few uh, days, especially, uh, but also weeks and months is how much more can we take? Uh, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that 2020 has been a tumultuous year. The year began with the threat of our country going to war with Iran uh, and was followed only a couple of months later by the emergence of COVID-19 as a global pandemic uh, that to this day has cost almost 200,000 American lives. Uh, in As spring led into summer, we saw protests and demonstrations. Uh, that led to a national conversation about what life is really like for our black brothers and sisters. Uh, Add on to all of this that it's an election year, and it seems like in election years people just tend not to get very long very well. Uh, I I can't imagine why. Uh, And now here in Oregon and in California and Washington and Colorado and lots of other places around Uh, the western part of the United States, we're dealing with wildfires. We're dealing with uh, this destructive force of nature that's very hard for us to contain or control or understand why we would have to deal with these things. And when you put all of it together, it just seems like a lot to deal with. And I know there are people who are angry I know there are people who are worried, I know there are people who are depressed, and there's just such a broad range of reactions to everything that has kind of happened both locally and nationally over the past year, and that those reactions are okay. We are allowed to sit in the seat of Frodo Baggins and say, I wish we never had to deal with any of these burdens. Now, as followers of Jesus and as people who look to God's Word for guidance in how to live our lives as followers of Jesus, we, we turn for answers and we look to see what, what does the Bible have to tell us about how we should live and, and how, we should, uh, how we should be as followers of Jesus. And then this time, I looked at a whole bunch of different passages. And, and there's the, the Bible has uh, a lot to say about how we ought to live our lives. But when it comes to things like uh, years, like the ones that we are currently in, um, it doesn't have a lot of specifics. And I think it doesn't have a lot of specifics because the Bible was written to people who were largely out of control of their lives. See, I think a lot of times we assume that we have some measure of control of our lives and that because we have some measure of control of our lives, that things just shouldn't happen this way, that we shouldn't have to live through wildfires and pandemics and and terrible things happening, uh, not just globally, but, but in our own backyard. And when we read Scripture we see that, that the Church was largely made up of people who were poor, people who were powerless. Yes, there were people who were rich and wealthy, and that was okay, but the rich and the wealthy were expected to use their wealth and influence uh, to help the poor and the powerless. And so when we, when we read Scripture, uh, sometimes we have to adjust the lens that we're using to read it because they didn't have the control of their lives that we kind of expect to. And for evidence of this, you don't have to look too much farther than the Apostle Paul. Uh, Paul was was jailed so many times, uh, and he was shipwrecked, and he was beaten, and when he became a follower of Jesus, he was blinded, and, uh, and the list goes on and on of, of these things that, that Paul had to deal with. And yet... When we read in the book of Philippians, which was written while Paul was in prison, we find words from Paul that we would not expect from somebody who is in prison. We find the words that we read today, where he says that, I have learned how to live uh, with almost nothing or with everything. And he says, I've learned to how to live with an empty stomach. And one of the reasons that he says that is uh, Roman jails are not like jails now, because if you were in a Roman jail and you didn't have people on the outside who could bring you food, who could bring you um the things that you needed, then you went without you you went hungry, you went thirsty uh you went without letters and news from the outside and and Paul, apparently from the words that we have here had to do that quite frequently or at least enough that he was acquainted with it. But Paul gives us uh, some help here in knowing how to deal with these times. And what Paul tells us is by submitting all of our circumstances to Christ, our lives get put in the proper order. Because if we try to order our lives ourselves, we put them in the order that we think they ought to go in. But if we offer this order to Christ, they get ordered the right way. The first thing we we need to learn, according to Paul, is not that just to name our joys, but to name our problems as well. And uh, I, I think as as followers of Jesus who live in the United States, uh, this is kind of a problem for us because as americans we have this optimism and this hopeful outlook uh for the world uh, in general maybe that optimism isn't so apparent right now but anyway um we we have this emphasis sometimes in the church on counting your blessings on finding the things that are are good and the things that we should be thankful for and i'm not going to say that we shouldn't do that i'm not going to say that we I shouldn't sing that little song that says, count your many blessings, name them one by one, count your many blessings, see what God has done. It's an appropriate thing for us to name our blessings, but it's also an appropriate thing for us to name our problems. Because Paul admits that he has had to live without, that he has had problems. I mean, for for crying out loud, the man's in prison as he <laughs> writes this letter, and so When we read it, and when we read these words, we know that we can name our joys and our problems before Jesus, because this world is not living within the fullness of the Kingdom of God. Jesus is Lord, and we as followers of Jesus live our lives out of that reality, and we invite others to live their lives in the reality that Jesus is Lord and in the forgiveness and reconciliation of Christ. But at the same time, we also live in a world that is not fully surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. And because of that, things are broken. Because of that, we have problems. Because of that, people have to do without sometimes. And even more so, we we see wildfires and we see earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes and all of the, the different natural disasters that can uh, regularly befall uh, our country and and even in this case, in the case of wildfires, our area. And we look at all of these things and it's okay for us to name them as problems. We don't have to naively uh, skip down the lane um, without an umbrella and pretend that it's not raining. What we learn from Paul here is that by putting our joys and our problems, the blessings and the difficulties, all in the context of Jesus, then we can learn how to deal with them properly. We also have to learn contentment because Paul says, He's he's had the highs he's had the lows we've we've established this, but that he has learned to live in the middle of this. Uh, I was watching a TV show where um, there was a a successful attorney who was was trying to, for reasons that aren't worth explaining, impress this carnival worker uh, at the the duck shooting gallery. Uh, if you've ever seen one of those at a carnival. And the successful attorney, attorney just can't seem to uh, impress this, this carnival employee. And so finally he says, You know, don't you want anything more out of life? Don't you want to be more than just a carnival worker? And the man just finally looks at him and says, Why? It won't change the way mustard tastes. And I'm not here advocating on behalf of mustard as a condiment, but what I'm saying is that that level of contentment. To say that he knew where he was in life and he was content with it is a kind of contentment that we have to learn in a different way as followers of Jesus. We have to learn that we can't be in control of our lives at all times. We have to learn that there are times when things are going to be out of our control and we have to be content with our lives as they are with their joys and their difficulties and and the things that give us life and the thing that, things that drain the energy out of us. We need to be content with that. But we're not going to learn this contentment away from Jesus. We're not going to learn this contentment outside the church. We're not going to learn this contentment just wandering through our everyday lives because by placing all of this at the feet of Jesus and placing the ups and the downs at the feet of Jesus, Jesus shows us how to deal with it. Jesus shows us how to be content. The way Jesus teaches us how to be content is because Jesus' life was not all joys as well, nor was it all sorrows. There are times in scripture where we see Jesus at celebrations, and there are times in scripture where we see Jesus angry, and we see Jesus mourning, and yet Jesus lived a full, complete life as a human being. And there was nothing that was lacking about Jesus' life. And Paul has discovered this within the ups and downs of his own life. That by clinging on to the life of Jesus, he can be content. And that's the other thing that Paul has learned that we need to learn, is to find our strength in Jesus. Because it takes strength to get through some of the really difficult things in our lives. It takes a tremendous amount of strength to confront some of the things that have been presented to us um, in the past year. And that's okay. But when we find our strength within ourselves and we give in to this idea that everything you need is inside yourself, we just end up disappointed we just end up lacking because ultimately we can't face every challenge that we need to face by ourselves. But as followers of Jesus who have the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of Jesus Christ within us, we can have the strength and the power of Jesus. We can have that resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead as the thing that fuels our life, it's, it becomes the air that we breathe. And so even when we sit, face situations where we're breathing this toxic, uh, smoke-filled air with our physical lungs, the thing that's keeping us going and helping us to love and care for other people and to care for our families and to love our our brothers and sisters in Christ and to love our world, that strength comes from Jesus Christ. And when we let that strength come from Jesus, Paul says that he can do anything and we can do anything. And, I've seen this phrase I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've seen it misused in so many contexts and and it's been misused by well-meaning people, but at the same time it's it doesn't mean that we can, you know, go run a 5K with the strength that Christ gives us. What it means is that when we are off doing the things that Christ has given us to do, when we are living out our lives in the Lordship of Christ within this broken world and all of its joys and despairs and highs and lows, that the strength for it comes from Jesus and doesn't come from our own egos. It doesn't come from an energy drink. It doesn't come from any sort of uh, manufacturer or advertiser or our wealth or our health or anything else but Jesus. Because it is the resurrection power of Jesus that gives us strength to live out the ways of Jesus. Jesus gives us strength to do the things that Jesus wants us to do. Uh, it's a It's a beautiful cycle but sometimes we don't understand it and sometimes we do get bogged down in the sorrows of life or sometimes we get too high on the joys of life and sometimes we get discontent with the way things are going but what what we need to do in those situations is look to Jesus because he knows what we're going through uh, the message translation of John chapter 1 says that God moved into the neighborhood that Jesus lived as one of us and and John says in in his gospel I'm going to tell you the story of how God lived as one of us and when we realize that we know that Jesus knows what we're going through and knows to give us the strength we need in every circumstance. These past few months haven't been easy. And I don't think there's anything wrong with giving yourself permission to grieve. Because there will be times in the future, I am sure of it, for joy, for for happiness. There will be times in the future where things won't seem so heavy, where life won't seem so difficult. But right now, it's okay to grieve what is lost. It's okay to ask Jesus for the strength to name your problems, to name the things that you're sad about. But ask Jesus to walk with you through those things and strengthen you as you go because we can do all things through Jesus who gives us strength. I got a text message earlier today from a friend who said that she was just wishing for simpler times, that she was remembering when when life seemed to be easier, and that's okay. But we've been given these days and we've been given these times to love and serve Jesus in the highs and the lows. And so my question is, as we go forward in these days, where will we allow Jesus to lead us? And will we allow Jesus to strengthen us as we go along? In the sermon, I mentioned needing to be able to to learn to name both the, the joys and the problems of life and present them to Jesus. And to that end, I've been able to uh, invite my friend, Amy Jackson, to lead us in a prayer practice today. Amy is the director of The Perch, which is a Christian retreat center. And I have attended uh, numerous uh, conferences and seminars with her both uh, in person and online. And she does an excellent job of teaching spiritual practices. I've grown a lot from her. And today uh, she has recorded a prayer practice based around the 23rd Psalm for us. And so uh, here is Amy to lead us uh, in prayer.
4: We remember today the story in John 11, when Lazarus died and Jesus grieved. The passage says that Jesus was greatly moved, deeply angry, and even that he wept. Jesus knew what would happen. He knew that Lazarus would be raised to life. He even states it three times in the passage. Still, though, he grieved this loss. His humanity is on full display in this passage, and this comforts me so much when I'm grieving. We can name our losses Trusting that Jesus weeps with us as he comforts us. Today, I'm going to guide us in using Psalm 23 to pray. I'll read the entire psalm first, then I'll read short sections and pause for us to pray. Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever amen the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he refreshes my soul god we are hurting as we see the scorched ground In the hazy sky. We desperately seek green pastures and quiet waters. Our souls are weary and we need you to refresh us. We need to experience your presence and your peace in this difficult time of loss and grief. Spend a few moments now naming your specific losses. Now spend a few moments asking for what you need. What green pastures, quiet waters, and soul refreshment do you need right now?
1: Amen. He
4: guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God, we praise you that no matter what we're going through, you walk with us, guiding our steps and comforting us. With everything going on around us, we may feel fearful. We may feel doubtful of your presence. We may feel hopeless. We may feel angry. We may feel exhausted, unsure how we can continue on. God, help us to experience your presence today. Allow us to experience your comfort tangibly. Let's spend a few moments sharing with God how we feel right now. You can be fully honest. God is big enough to handle anything you may be thinking or feeling. Amen. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, right now it can be hard to see you and your goodness. Give us a vision of your goodness and provision. Help us to see your presence right here right now. John 1.5 reminds us that no matter how dark things seem, no matter how dark things are, your light will continue to shine. You, God, cannot be overcome. Give us faith to keep seeing your light, even in these dark times. Amen.
2: Surrender Lord I give myself to
1: Our Father in heaven, let your name remain holy. Bring about your kingdom. Manifest your will here on earth as it is manifest in heaven. Give us each day that day's bread, no more, no less. And forgive, and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who owe us something. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil but let your kingdom be and let it be powerful and glorious forever. Amen.
0: We thank you for joining us in worship today and hope that as we have prayed and sung and heard God's word read and proclaimed, that you have had an overwhelming sense of the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit uh, with you wherever you are. If there is any way, as a body of Christ, that First Baptist Church of Oregon City can minister to you, can reach out to you, can pray for you, please don't hesitate to email us at baptist.church at and we would be uh, overjoyed to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus in your life. I'd like to thank Melissa Mellinger, our Director of Worship and Youth, for leading us in song this morning. I'd like to thank Katie Witham for reading Psalm 27. I'd like to thank Amy Jackson, the Director of The Perch, for leading us in a prayer practice around Psalm 23. And remember, love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask, and wash your hands.